Matthew chapter 7. Bringing a word to us this morning entitled Building an Enduring House. Building an Enduring House. You can say building an enduring house for the Lord. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to what? Somebody say a wise man. Say that with strength. Say a wise man. I will liken him to what? A wise man. What does the wise man do? Who built his house where? Who built his house where? Next verse. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Why? Because it was what? Founded on the rock. Say the rain will come. Say it with conviction. Say the rain will come. So the floods will come. Okay, let's go back. Say the rain will descend. Say that again. Say the rain will descend. So the floods will come. So the wind will blow against the house. So that's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. The rain will descend. The flood will come. There is no, if I is the Lord that prepares it. Am I making sense? There is no, in quote, protection that can protect you from this kind of rain. Or from this kind of flood. It will come. So the question is not to pray that it should not come. You know, and that's what some of us will be praying that it should not come. No, it would come according to the order of life. But what is important is that we have a house that is what built where? That's built where? Because that is the only protection and operation of God that can withstand the rain and the flood and the wind. Am I making sense? Am I making sense this morning? When you say, God, deliver me from flood, deliver me from the rain, deliver me from the wind, God's, God's answer is to give you a house. Did you get what I'm saying? What is God's answer? Is to give you what? To give you a house. Or let me, let me break it down. To give you a wisdom to build a house. Of course, when you have wisdom, you know that the right place to build a house is where? On the what? On the rock. So God is not going to lock the heavens and say the rain should not come. Am I making sense? God's not going to lock the, the floodgates and say the flood should not flow. So it just says when the enemy comes like a what? Does it say if or does it say when? When the enemy. So it's coming. Say it's coming. But what is God's response? The Spirit of the Lord will do what? So your wisdom manifested in you is to cooperate with God to raise a standard, not to focus on the flood coming. Am I making sense this morning? So the wisdom of God is to build the house on the rock in preparation for the flood that is coming. God is not going to shut the floodgates. In fact, he's going to direct the flood to test what you have what? To build. Say test is coming. Say test is coming. Or say if you've done your homework, turn to your neighbor say if you've done your homework, you don't panic. 
You know, it's the Otundo. You know, it's people who have not read throughout the time that panic when it's exam time. So, somebody shout hallelujah. Can somebody relate with that? <laughs> it is those who have not what? Who have not prepared that panic. Or perhaps they prepared, but they, were, they have not prepared to the point of conviction. You know, there's a way you can prepare, but ah! You are, tr- now, you are now trusting God that they should serve into your hands. Let them serve him, Lord. It's that you, you prepared a little, but you didn't prepare properly. But you were lucky that the portions of questions asked were the areas that you read. So, you know, God, 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 God you were lucky. <coughs> but there's a level of preparation you can have that you will tell yourself if they are bringing the questions from the cherubic realm, you are ready for it. Am I making sense? You have an on top of conviction. You have confidence. You will gladly sit in front where the lecturer can see you. And in your mind, you say, me and you today, me and you the lecturer today. But the lecturer will look at you and say, oh, my God. like one of my wife's lecturers said, Omo, Okari, what's the name of that lecturer? <laughs> Why you in class? You go say, Okari, Omo, Omo, good. Ludo or Feli. Oh, Rinko Kolataro. And is is that's his Yoruba. Is this if a you know a Gayura or Rinkoko? Ah, or to Feli. Oh, Padawanesia. Is that the example? <laughs> when it goes to someone that is doing, say, Oh, carry on, mommy. Oh, carry. We are high five. Oh, carry. I don't know whether it does high five, but as you say, Oh, carry. We are called. Very strange, man. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes that's the way God does. When you are in the exam hall, he is quiet. You can't hear him, but he's behind you, beating his chest and happy at your reactions. Because life is not happening to you, you are the one happening to life. Flood is not happening to you, you are the what? what? You are the one happening to the flood. You are the one teaching the flood righteousness. Am I making sense? No. You need to see the confidence God had for Job. Am I making sense? God was so sure. God knew what even Job did not know. Are you, are you getting me? Are you getting me? God knew even what Job did not want. God had the conviction that even Job was struggling to have. God knew what he had put inside Job. He knew what he had built in Job's life. Am I making sense? He was confident about it. So he could boast about Job in front of Satan. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 26. What does verse 26 say? See, but everyone, say with me everyone, who hears those things of mine and does not do what? Does not what? What by not doing them, what is he? Like a what? Foolish man. Who does what? Say whether you are consciously building or not. You are building. Hallelujah. Whether you are deliberately building or not deliberately building. Or you don't even know. Or you think you are not building. You are bu- by not building, you are building something. By not obeying, you are building what? Everybody's building something. 
Hallelujah. The question is, what are you worth? Say it's like a foolish person. He do hears the sayings of mine. He hears it, but it is not producing corresponding action. It is not producing fruit. There is no obedience to the word. He is like a foolish man who built his house where? On the sand. Next verse. Verse 27. See, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did what? It fell. It didn't stop there. It said, somebody said great. Say miraculous. Say magnificent. Say spectacular. Was the fall. Hallelujah. Why? Because the house was built of the wrong place. And not just that, the material with which the house is built is also what? It was wrong. Now, they said the, the key insight, the key insight here is that when you are wise, you are building, number one, with the material, number two, on a place that has stronger and greater um, strength or tenacity than the elements around. It means that the material with which the house is built and the ground upon which the house is built is of a stronger material. It has a higher strength, a higher quality than what the rain, the flood, and the wind is made up of. So what it means is that it has a strength that can withstand whatever the combined strength of the rain, the wind, and the flood. Am I making sense? I mean, that is the reason why it is standing. Amen. It is not only standing because it is founded on a rock. It is also standing because the material with which it is made of. Am I making sense? It is also strong as the rock. Did you get the point? Did you get the point? Hallelujah. So you can't use hay, for example, to build on a rock. It will not even stand. Because you have to dig deep into the rock. And then you have to use the material in the same quality as the rock. Did you get the point now? Did you get the point now? So it means that both the material of the house and the ground upon which it is founded are of a stronger material. What God wants to do with us, you and I, is to make us of a quality of material. To make us a spiritual house with a quality of material that nothing in this world can pull down. That's what it means to have an enduring house. It means that you are raised up by God with such divine material that nothing can conquer, nothing can break down, nothing can disintegrate. That's what God wants to do with you and I. Am I making sense? It means that no matter what life in God throws at us, it means that no matter what the enemy throws at us, we have inner capacity and strength to withstand whatever it is. Amen. And when I mean withstand, I mean withstand it to the point of there is an unchanging focus and there is, there is a passion that is not receding. Did you get my point? 
It means that your focus is not distracted. And your passion is not what? Is not receding. Because sometimes the assault of the enemy is a test of patience. It's a test of what? Patience. My wife and I watched the film during the week in the act of the scene where um, these guys would go out into the ocean and kill whales. It's a, it's, it's a film that was um, like an 18th century kind of I love those kind of things. And the, the style they use in killing the whale is that they throw an arrow, they shoot an arrow at the whale, a very huge, not even an arrow, a spear, a very huge spear. And then they tie a rope to that spear, you know, and then shoot that huge spear at the whale and pierce the whale. The natural instinct of the whale is to start running. But that rope is already tied to their boots. So they switch off the, the, I mean, it wasn't an engine boat, it was 18th century. So the whale begins to drag in trying to escape. The whale begins to do what? Begins to drag the boat. And it's a heavy boat. And what, so they don't do anything all through that process. Why? Because they want to wear out the strength of the whale. Once this whale's strength wears out, it cannot swim again. Once it can't swim, it becomes lighter than the water. And then it goes what? It floats. And then they will now, once it floats, there is no strength to run again. You will not kill it. You know, with different spears and all that. And then carry it. Sometimes the assault of the enemy is to throw a weight around you. To wear you out over time. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You see, but when you are moving at a, at a capacity and at a strength that is not unwavering, it doesn't matter. Am I making sense? Your strength is what? Your passion is not receding. Sometimes the enemy plays the long game. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? The enemy does what? Plays the long game. So God has to build in us something that endures. Strength that endures. That's why we're praying, you know, when we're worshiping them. We're not just asking God for a dealing that is in the immediate. We are trusting God that 10, 20, 30, 40 years, our passion will be climbing. Am I making sense? That's what we want to be. I don't want to become a billionaire and now sit down and say, ah, God has done so well for me. I'm not trivializing my devotion to God. No. I want to still be sharp, much sharper than I am right now. No matter what my state is. No matter if I have $500 billion in my account. It's of no consequence to my pursuit of God. And it doesn't matter if I have nothing. Am I making sense? It is of no consequence to my pursuit of God. That is the kind of work we're trusting God to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Give me First um, Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Give me verse 4. We can actually even read from verse 1. Therefore, laying aside, so that we can read, come laying aside all malice and all deceit, corruption, envy, and all evil speaking is true. As newborn babes desire the word, the pure milk of the word, that you may do what grow thereby. Verse 3. Say, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is what? Gracious. Verse 4. So coming to him as to a what? A living stone, rejected indeed by men, but 
chosen by God and precious. Verse 5. You also, say you also. Say me also. As what? As what? Living stones have been what? Built up a spiritual house. A what? A holy priesthood. What is the purpose of the house? To do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through, say the house God is building. It's not an ordinary house. Say it's a priesthood house. Hallelujah. The, what the building of the house God is building, which you are, because Jesus says you are the living stones. And God is building to become a what? A spiritual house for the Lord. That is the essence of our relationship with God. That is the very heart of our worship. Am I making sense? That is what we engage with God on, on a daily basis. Every other thing is secondary. When we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we mean. That the Lord will raise us up as a what? As a spiritual house. That is the very heart of God's commitment to us. To raise us. To raise us as a spiritual house. To raise us as a spiritual house. That is the very heart of his commitment and relationship. Every other thing is secondary. Bless me, heal me, raise me, provide for me, give me finance, give me money. Every other thing is what? It's secondary. And it is less important. Say it is less important. But God will provide it. Am I making sense? Just seek first the kingdom and all the other things will be do what? Say they are all additions. Say they are jara. Say they are jara. You know how many of you go to buy things in market and then they, after they have measured the actual you know, measurement that you've paid for. Say, ah, madam, add what? The jara is for you to come back later. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, to, it's to encourage, it's to, it's to tickle you, tickle your conscience. Say, ah, please go to that woman, the one at the middle of the market. Anytime I... He knows me. She knows me. I'm a customer. She will always put additions. But that's not the real measure. It is just the what? The additions. The real measure is this. The crux of our daily pursuit, of our prayer. If you are praying three hours daily, this one should take two and a half. Am I making sense? And then the rest, God can add the rest. This is the It is that the Lord will build us as a spiritual house. A house is a what? It's a habitation. Is a what? It's a habitation. It's not a lodge. It's not a hotel. God is not building a hotel that he will visit once in a while. God is building a house where he will do what? He will inhabit. A house that he will own. Ownership. Ownership. Rulership administrator. That's what God is looking for. Where God can have full ownership of you. Where God is the administrator of your life. is the one, that, the, the one that runs things. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? The one that does what? That runs things. Amen. That's what God wants to do with us. And that is what our heart cry also should be. That's what should fill up our prayers. 
and our and our study and our meditation and our worship and our pursuit of intimacy is that the Lord will build us a house, a spiritual house, a house of priesthood to do what to offer spiritual what sacrifices acceptable to God. Hallelujah! You see. Scripture says the earth is the Lord and the world and the fullness thereof. The world and they that what? The earth is the Lord. He's the one that made everything. But the, God has given man the will to yield himself and his members to either him righteousness or to what? To unrighteousness. Am I making sense? It's the reason why God would not force anybody to accept him. Amen. It is your word. It is an action of your free will. So even though he made, we read John, was it, was it John 1 we read last week? That scripture says he came to his own, but his own did not what? His own did not receive him. Say, but as many as received him, John 1 12. To them he gave what? Power to be called what? The children. He said to them, who believe, who were born, not of flesh, not of blood, nor of the will of man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we receive him, what we are doing is that we are receiving his life, his essence, his authority. We are yielding everything to him and we're saying to him, now your agenda, your purpose is what I live for. That's what it truly means to yield to God. Am I making sense? It's not just in mouth only. Even though, yes, it's a journey, the more we submit, the more we, you know, we submit ourselves to God, the more we pursue intimacy, the more we are able to yield ourselves unto God. Am I making sense? So it's actually a journey, but it's a journey that we should actively be on. God wants to raise us as what? As priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifice. And there is one peculiar thing about priesthood is that God uses priesthood to chart the course of divine civilization. So it may God uses priesthood to do what? To chart the course of what? Of divine civilization. I know that's a big English. Let me try and break it down. So when you look throughout the New, the Old Testament, when God chose Abraham and asked him to come out of his people, what God wanted to do was to create a set of people, a nation that is completely different from other nations. Am I making sense? The philosophy of that nation, the value of that nation, the manner of life of that nation is, is supposed to be completely different from what you have. And God wanted to use that nation as a conduit to move humanity forward to gravitate onto his own value. Did you get what I'm trying to say? See, if you read the old, the old Testament life, it was a very tribal life. It was a very what? It was a very tribal life. Men lived to kill one another. It was all power play. The, 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 the way a kingdom survived is to build young men, train them, and conquer another kingdom and inherit all their resources. Am I making sense? There is no love there. 
you don't belong to our tribe, we kill you. <laughs> there is no tolerance. Am I making sense? It was the reason why God had to give Israelite very strict laws and ordinances. Why? Because God wants to re-engineer their thinking. Imagine living in a time when people will offer their children as sacrifices. That was the usual practice. The Moabites, the Jebusites, all these people. That's the usual practice. Whenever they are going to war, they want to provoke their gods. They will offer what? Their children. Imagine the mindset of that. Imagine the mindset of you looking and you say, ah, this fine girl. Who is this? I want this fine girl. Say, ah, no, she's married. Though. Go and kill her husband. And they take the man. That's the mindset. That was why when David did that, ah, David literally shot an arrow at the heart of God. Because that was not the character of Israel. Am I making sense? That was what God has been spending years and centuries to win, to, to, to flush out of the system of the Israelites. He wanted to make them different from the people that were around them. Am I making sense? That's why even till today, the concept of human dignity, human rights that we are, that the world, we, we are enjoying today, were inside, they were actually derived from the scriptures. Just the, the foundation of the Western civilization was based on the word of God. It was based from the light, that light that was shining from the word. It influenced the thought of man. Influenced education. Some of the some of the biggest universities in the world today started as mission houses, or as seminary. Have started as seminary house. Hallelujah! It was the light of God that was influencing that thought, bringing value, bringing dignity, bringing you know um, a sense of community. When you look at some of the Christian communities, and some, uh, some a lot of them have lost it now. But I think some aspects of America. They still have it. It is a culture to take part of whatever they have earned and give it to charity. Nobody preaches to them. It's a value system that they what that they have, they have built and developed and is being passed to their children. Amen. They cater for people's privilege, and that's why some of them today are still fighting the government. Say so it's not the job of government. It is things that they have built into themselves. But God uses the light of the scriptures to do what? To chart those costs. And that is only at the realm of man. What God is doing is much greater and much bigger than that. It is eternal. Am I making sense? It is what? It is eternal. God wants to elevate our thinking, our perspective, our values to the divine order. You know, when scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. It says, as the heaven is far from the earth, says, so are my ways from you. It shows how far away from God in thinking that we are. Am I making sense this morning? Imagine God said, <laughs> Jesus said to, <coughs> excuse me, he was teaching in, I think, Matthew 5, and he said that, bless those who hurt you and, and pray for those who despitefully what, use you. That is not a normal conventional wisdom. Am I making sense? If you tell that to a normal man, they will say, you're mad. Say, somebody should slap you. You should turn the other ear. 
In fact, one I remember when I was very young, I was in a taxi with some some old two old men, and they were talking about I think what the what their pastor I don't know the church, but one of those Orthodox churches say ah my uncle, you were saying in Europe that our pastor preached or something that uh, somebody slap you you're right here. You turn your left. Down that one I like say hey my good pastor. She the back beti or tunkodi. Get to cut ozi. Cut to bakodi. So he says, so you be slapped the, the right ear and the ear is blocked and you become deaf in the right ear. Should I also turn the left one and slap it to and they will become a deaf man? The guy could not understand the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. As I said, that the, the, the wisdom, the, the preaching of the gospel is what? It's foolishness. It's foolishness. The way of God is foolishness to some people, but it is high wisdom. Somebody says high wisdom. It's high wisdom. This high wisdom is a wisdom that the natural mind cannot what? Phantom. Scripture says the carnal mind does not understand the things of the world, the spirit, because they are foolishness. Hallelujah. Am I making sense this morning? So what God wants to do is to build us with wisdom that is not of this world. And if it is not of this world, if we are built with a material that is not of this world, what it means is that there is nothing the world can throw at you that will overcome you. Am I making sense? Say the key to overcoming the world is to be built not of this world. It's as simple as that. That's the key. You want to overcome the world. You want to stand the test of time. Be built with a material that is not of the world. That's it. Once you are built with a material that is not of this world, you are going to stand, no matter what the world throws at you. And that is the place God wants us to be, every single one of us. That we are in a position, we are in a state, we have a quality of life that nothing shakes us. Nothing. Nothing shakes us. Nothing shakes our faith. Nothing shakes our focus. Nothing, is, nothing stands in the way of our pursuit. Nothing. No matter if whether it is hunger. Nothing. The enemy is throwing all kinds of things at you. You are not even seeing it. You are so, and, and, you know, you are so captured and raptured in God's pursuit. That's the only thing in your mind. People are trying to get at you. But you can't even feel it. Why? Because you are made of a material that is what? That is not of this world. Nobody can break your heart again because you've given your heart to Jesus. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Nothing can shock you because you have handed it over to God. And let me tell you something. If you are in that place, there is a peace and a conviction and a confidence that you will live with on a daily basis. That peace is indescribable. When scripture says the peace that passes what? All understanding. You can't even explain it. But it is the when, when peace becomes strength. I don't know if, if I'm making sense. When, when everybody is panicking, even you want to panic, but you realize that you've lost the ability to panic. Because there is a peace that has what? That has garrisoned your heart. 
things are going awire around you, but there is a confidence and an assurance that you have because you have been established in God. There is a conviction in your heart that is a fortress against whatever flood is coming from outside. That is the place God wants us to be. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place that do what? Shall abide under the what? The shadow of what? Of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, verse 2, you are my what? My refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will what? Trust. When God is your refuge. When God is the one who defends you. You need to be in that place where you are confident of God's defense. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You are confident of God's defense. You have fulfilled all righteousness in you submitting to God. You have committed your life unto God. And God is your defense. Hallelujah. That's the way we ought to be. Say, you are my refuge and my word and my fortress. They will have to get through God for them to get to you. That's what it means to have to be an enduring house. God has built a fence around you that is impenetrable. Bitterness can't reach you. Am I making sense? Hopelessness cannot reach you. Frustration cannot. Why? Because you're saturated with the power and the glory of God. And then your focus is your priestly duty. Am I making sense? Say your focus is what? Priestly what? Duty. To offer sacrifices unto God. By your sacrifices, you are provoking divine intervention. Not just only in your life, but in everyone around. That is the place the enemy doesn't want you to be. That is the focus the enemy doesn't want you to have. That's why he throws all kinds of distractions around you. Am I making sense? And you are are spending a whole life chasing shadows rather than focus on the real thing. Hallelujah. You see, if you look at the consecration of the priests, no matter what, God did not even allow them to have land or house or to live normal life. As humans. Do you know why? Because they have been married to a divine order that they must face. Whether it's a time of peace, whether it's a time of war, the portion of the priest is in the temple offering what? Spiritual sacrifices. Maintaining that portal of divine intervention with sacrifice. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Hallelujah. That's where God wants us to be. That when God is looking for a reference point in the vicinity to initiate his operation, you are the one already at the frequency of God. In fact, if God passes like this, your frequency, your alarm will pick it. You are picking it. So something, there's an atmosphere around here. Something is happening. You are operating at heavenly frequency. That was where Abraham was. And God was passing to Sodom. God himself was the one that corrected his Will I hide what I'm doing from what? From Abraham, my servant. Seeing that he has patterned his life in a kind of way. Not just himself. Even his children. Have, he didn't even have children by that time. When God was making reference to his children. He had not even had a child. But God knew that God had installed something in him. 
that Abraham was going to pass to posterity. By the conditioning of his life, God knew Abraham had become a partner. Abraham was, Abraham now became, he was, he was in a position of a national negotiator. Imagine the, the people Abraham was negotiating for, so don't, did not know they were negotiating for them. Lord did not save himself. Abraham did. Through the negotiation with God. Am I making sense? That's the place God wants us to be. That's priesthood. That's priesthood. By your sacrifice, God is extending mercy to people. By your devotion, people are coming into fruitfulness. People are coming into deliverance. By your devotion, you have become a safe house. You have become an anchor. You have become the shoulder that God can rest his initiative on. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? That was the place David was. That the day Goliath showed up and King almost peed in his pants. It was a small boy who God has trained that delivered Israel of God. Imagine what would have happened that day if David didn't show up. Am I making sense? That is what God wants to make you and I. An enduring house. An enduring house. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So I said that two things that are peculiar to a house. Number one, when we become God's house, it means that God owns us. Say, God owns us. You see, this is so important. Say, it's so important. Because the battle we are battling today is the battle of ownership. Legal, legal ownership, legality. God has bought us. Scripture says we were bought with a price. Yes? Is that what the scripture says? Is that what the scripture says? We are bought with a what? With a price. What does it say after that? It says, therefore glorify God. God has owned us, yes. But to what degree have we submitted and yielded to God? Let me tell you one of the evidences of complete ownership. Say one of the evidences of complete ownership is that you are pursuing God's purpose, not anything else. See, the day you sign out of this human race, not this human race, you are born, send you to school, if you, that's if you have access to school, or, you know, and after school, you look for work, after work, you look for husband, or you look for wife, after wife, and your dad, you have children, after children, you start pursuing you have house, you want to have house, uh, you want to make money, and all those things, you say your children's school, at the end of the day, you grow old, you die. That's the most boring life anybody can ever live. Completely devoid of spiritual significance. God wants to unplug us from that system. How many of us have watched The Matrix? How many of us have watched The Matrix? Please go and watch it again. If you have not watched it, just go and look for it and watch it. It's a very instructive movie. That shows the template of these things we're saying. God wants to unplug you from the life of vanity. The life that has no spiritual significance. The life that is lived on the denominator of comfort. Some of us, the only denominator in our life that is regulating every other thing is our comfort and convenience. And the comfort is defined by the next thing we are looking for. 
am I making sense? Have you seen people who have houses, who have cars, yet they are not satisfied? They are still bogged down. They are still frustrated. Why? Because the next thing that their heart desire, they have not gotten it. And so, everything they have has no relevance. It's that next thing. That's the state of man. It's the state of cause. Nothing satisfies the man. You are constantly, you are constantly striving to get more, to get more, to get more. You, you, are, you, you are constantly looking at the person you think is better than you. And you are using, you never use the person you are better than to gauge yourself. <laughs> Am I making sense? Is that next person you, you want? Ah, because I remember pastors that when, when someone gave them a car, give them a pre-do, their landlord, his landlord, they, ah, just went and went and bought a car. <laughs> his behavior changed immediately. Simply because there isn't a better car than he landlord. Of life that some people live, you are constantly in the shadow of what is not working. Is the is the is the body you are carrying every day? You've defined yourself by what is not working, what you don't have, what you are longing for. What you you know some people have you met people? The only body they carry in their life, in the prime of their life, is the body of husband. Have you met such people before? Anytime they want to come to you for counseling, he's this husband. I usually run away from them. Husband, husband. Why do what's, what's your problem? Did they, did, did, they, did they tie husband cord around you when you were born? Can you just live your life and love God? And if husband comes, fine. If he doesn't come, go ahead and live life. What special thing happens to people who have husband? Have you seen anything, anything special that I put to them? You better don't run and collect what God has not given you. Am I making sense? And live and have joy in God. Have joy in God. I remember when I was going to marry, somebody asked me, he said, why are you married? That was a very good question. I, I, I thought about that. I took a while. I took a time to think about it. And I found this answer in myself. I said, because I fulfilled God, what God's purpose for my life as a single. God is asking me to be I looked at my single life and I said with the level of knowledge of what I knew I couldn't have done better. Am I making sense? Because I wasn't living hope for husband or for wife. I was just serving God. Am I making sense? And when the time came God said okay now I'm giving you a while. Oh fine. We'll still continue and serve God. And if my wife had not come, fine. I remember there was a sister here who collected, I don't know who gave her work. She was trying to arrange sister for me. She knows herself. <laughs> she took it upon herself to, to come to the Holy Spirit. She did not know that she's the one God is arranging. <laughs> Why she was setting the trap, God was setting her trap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Live your life and let God be your all in all. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Don't come under the shadow. If things are not working, trust God, but don't live under the shadow of what is not working. Am I making sense? Don't let it define your life. Don't let it steal your joy. Don't let it steal your hope. Don't let the enemy steal anything from you. 
Don't let the enemy use condemnation to kill your heart. Even if you have made mistake, God has forgiven you. Focus. Focus on your priesthood. Focus on pleasing God. Am I making sense this morning? Am I making sense? Hallelujah. So ownership, God wants to take ownership of our lives. And the evidence, the full evidence of that ownership is that we have signed out of the human life and now we are pursuing the divine life. We've signed out of human purpose and we are pursuing what? Divine purpose. We have signed out of human value system, human clock. Whether it's this wealth clock, poverty clock, biological clock, what else again? Give me options. Whatever. You know what? I know all the, all the other, some of you, I remember when I, when I, when I got married, I, I, they, they put it, I say you will not marry like this. He said, Jesus, the very fair, as we are putting pressure on me, my wife's family, they were putting pressure on him, how to, he, the way this girl is good. If I remember when they brought, when she took me to her family, they could not criticize me, even though I looked very poor, because they were begged to don't talk oh. This one that she brought, let's just accept it too. If you say this one is not good enough like this, maybe the next 10 years, you know, even, or she will not even bring anybody again. So they, I was so lean. If you see my neck, I look like someone that they just released from prison. <laughs> but they welcomed me like that. The only thing was that they wanted to use, they wanted to use post, they, they, I prostrated so much, I wanted to faint. Hallelujah. So I don't, don't, don't. They went to tell they said, I'm not super cool. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, after that, my daughter uh, called me again. She said, you are married now. What about sugar? She said, you were just pressuring us to get married. She said, what you give us bring this baby? Time is going in. Time is going in. You both of you are not young anymore. Eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, in God's time, we will come with you. Let God's time be fast time. But God's time is not our time now. We did, we have children. Now they are still coming back to say that ah, is the only two you want to have in this Buhari's economy. Hallelujah. My mom will look at me and say, so you will not do another one. Don't live by people's talk. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Some people can't go home because they are pressure. They can't go and visit their parents. What? Pressure. They can't go to their friends. Can't gather with their friends. Why? Pressure. These are not looking fine. So I can't can't be around my friends. Don't live under the shadow. Don't live under the clock. Let God be what? Let God be the only thing you respond to. Hallelujah. That was what happened to Hannah. You see, Hannah was in barrier. Am I making sense? Hannah was in barrier in in, in another sense. God was just preserving Hannah according to a divine clock. Are Are you hearing me? According to a what? Hannah, Hannah was busy having spa, sparring with Penina, uh, what's her name? Pelina, right? And I want to we come with seven children and be doing like this. God needed to unplug Hannah 
from that realm and plug Anna into divine purpose where Anna becomes the channel through which God raises priesthood for Israel. Are you hearing me? Some of you now, that is what God is thinking about you. Meanwhile, you are busy suffering yourself. God wants to have ownership. God was the one that owned Anna's womb. The seed that was going to enter it was, from, was supposed to be from God. Am I making sense? It will have to come according to God's timing. No matter the effort of uh, Elkanah. Let, if I let him somersault on the bed. God's timing was what was going to happen to what? To Hannah. And when Hannah realized that, Hannah sensed. What, what made her to say, God, give me so, and when you have given him to me, I will give him back to you. Ah! Because the divine alignment has happened. It's time for the planting of seeds. Am I making sense? Let God own you. That's what it means for God to be, for you to be a house of God, a habitation of God. It means that you are executing God's plan and what? An agenda. You are doing what? You are executing God's plan and what? God has unplugged you from the realm of man. God has unplugged you from the realm of man. God has unplugged you. You are not calculating your worth by your age. (laughs) Hallelujah. If it was by age, God would discard Abraham. Am I making sense? And go and look for a boy of 25. It is only in God that age does not matter. Have you seen some of our political candidates? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not mocking old people. Am I making sense? I'm not mocking anybody. But I'm just trying to tell you that when, the, when you run by the clock of man, say there is an end date, but it is only in the clock of God that a hundred-year-old woman can give birth. The Bible said that by faith, so that it would receive strength to conceive seed. Everything was dead. From head to toe, dead. Dead. There was power to do what? To conceive seed. Womb dead. Where did he get the breast to feed? Am I, are you, you guys should think about these things. Am I making sense? But when divine clock was activated, human clock stopped. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Lazarus was dead for four days. Am I making sense? But God's, in God's clock, he wasn't dead. When they even told Jesus, Jesus still tarried the gate. I mean, what kind of nonchalance is that? It's still 32 days. I say our friend Lazarus sleeps. Thomas said, if he sleeps, he's okay now. She did we wake up. I just said, you know, you, you, you don't get the gist. Our friend Lazarus is dead. Ah, divine. So what are we going to do? We are going to use that. Ah, they, the Jews were just about to kill you now. That's why we ran to this. You now want to go back and say, if you walk in the day, you will not stumble. So, so you want to go back there and say, okay, let's go and go die with him because he was so sure that once they go back to that place, all of them are there. He said, okay, let's go identify with him. Oh, they will, will kill all of us. So let's go and die with him. 
But according to God's clock, am I making sense? Nazareth was not dead. When he got to the tomb, he said they should roll away the stone. He said, Master, it's like you don't get the gist. This guy is dead four days by now. Ultima woo. Am I making sense? He is thinking right now. I just looked at the girl. It's like you don't know what's going on here. It doesn't, even if he has decayed. The problem is that you are using human clock to judge the situation of your life. What you call hopeless, it is human clock that told you it is hopeless. What you are saying that your time has passed is the wisdom of human clock that sold you that lie. Am I making sense? What you think is hopeless and is frustrating you and is unchanged, you feel, ah, this one, it has been with me for many years. Human wisdom told you that. What you think cannot change. Paradigm you think cannot shift. It is human wisdom that told you that. Not God's word. Bible says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. I don't care whatever the situation is. Am I making sense? God wants you to unplug from what? The human clock. And walk by what? By divine timing. And walk by divine purpose. And then begin to shift. Begin to gravitate. Begin to work in alignment. Then the, 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 the passions of your heart is now the passion of, okay, what, what does God want me to do what? To do. Remember my wife, top of her class, came out from school. And then she was about to travel. Her girl said, oh, Lord, go, go. <laughs> go anywhere. Sit down there. Okay. Yes, I will sit down. But what will I be doing? Don't do anything. Anyway, <laughs> so you mean you mean say don't do anything as that should not work. Say yes. You are serious. Say yes. Five years. Say go and be serving me. Ha! I like Top West families. They are they are dramatic people. They held family meeting on top of my house. It's like you know, you know when they want to say you are mad, but they cannot say you are mad. Huh? Something is wrong. In fact, if I think there was one that I felt that one logo, pastor, tie on logo. They use just because, because it's not ordinary. Somebody finished. You have opportunities. And God is saying you should do what? I remember she told me one day that she was, when she was thinking, ah, ah, I wish you should, I wish you should. God now spoke to her and said, you know what? If you try it and go, don't even think for a moment that you will not succeed. You will blow as in, you will succeed. As in, because you have all it takes. But the only thing is that you will lose your soul. The process was not palatable for the human mind. Am I making sense? But she's here today thanking God for those five years. Because it was those times that God used to do what? To reshape to refocus our alignment. Am I making sense? Some things you call delay is not delay. It's God pulling you out of a caravan that will destroy you. Are you hearing me? And we must be able to partner with God when God brings such around us if we want an enduring house. I hope I'm not boring us this morning. Hallelujah. 
We have to be what? Be able to partner with God if you want an enduring house. If you want an enduring house, through the process, just trust God. Just believe in Him. Just let Him have ownership. Let Him do what? Let Him have ownership. Hallelujah. The next thing I want to say is that second thing is say His rulership. Say His rulership. First one is what? We're, we're describing what constitutes the house of the Lord. Am I making sense? Say, first of all, it's not just a place where God visits, it's a place where God does what? Dwell. It's the place where God owns. There is the mark and the label of God upon this house. There is sanctification. There has been a yielding to God. Then there is the, say, the rulership of God. Say, the rulership of God. What this means is that you are in a place of consecration where the only access to you is through God. Did you hear what I'm saying? Say the only access to you is through what? Through God. God is the one that orders your steps. The Bible says that your word is a what? Is a lamp unto my feet and a what? And a light to my path. God's rulership. Let God rule you. Look, you can never, you can never in a million years have a better plan for yourself than the plan God has for you. In a billion years, you can never have a better plan. There is no better alternative outside God. Just trust Him. See that path He wants to take you through. You may think it's a foolish path. You, you, you are even questioning your own sanity. Just trust God. Are you hearing me? Just do what? Just trust God. Let him rule through you. Let him rule in you. His government. His peace. Say his government. His peace. Hallelujah. You to his government. Yield to his government. Yield to his precepts. Yield to his way. And that's why I love that song. I choose the way of the Lord. You have to choose it. I choose the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is the way of wisdom. I choose the way of the Lord. You have to choose it. That is how to build the what? An enduring house. That's how to build an enduring house. That's how to build an enduring house. Hallelujah. The next week we'll talk about, you know, we said that the house of the Lord is the house of priesthood. Am I making sense? I will say that what does a priest do? Offer what? Spiritual sacrifices. Next week we'll talk about the kind of spiritual sacrifices that is to be offered in this house. And I have three of them. Say I have three of them. I'll mention them today about expansion. I will elaborate on the next week. The first sacrifice is the sacrifice of spiritual devotion. The second one is the sacrifice of seeking God's will. Hallelujah. Seeking to please God. Second one, seeking to please God. Third one, sacrifice of God's will. Let's talk about that message. But what is, what is the heart of God's message to us today? Is that we must unplug. Say unplug from human clock. Unplug into divine purpose. That shift must happen in our heart. Otherwise, we will not be able to join. 
Can I make you sense? That shift must do what? It must happen in our hearts. Otherwise, we will not be able to do what? We will not be able to journey. Some people, they were able to journey outside of Egypt, but they did not enter the promised land because they, they did not unplug fully. Amen. The, the God that they trusted to, to deliver them from Egypt, they could not trust him to make them enter the promised land. So we must unplug fully. A little issue, a little, you know, a little discomfort they were always referring to Egypt. They could not unplug. They left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave them. Am I making sense this morning? God must help us to do what? To Some of us, the conflict you are going through is the conflict of unplugging. <laughs> Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Because when you unplug, suddenly the things that make that looks like so heavy weight just realize that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Simon and Anna is the reason why God created that platform. The company of Simon and what? Those were two people that unplugged. They did what? They unplugged. After that, Anna got married and was with her husband seven years. And then the calamity struck her. Husband died. She became a widow. Amen. She could decide to live all the days of her life in bitterness and anger against God. Am I making sense? Or she could even go ahead and remarry. And it's not wrong. Am I making sense? But suddenly she sensed there was a higher calling. See, there was a higher calling. And unplugged from the human life. And brought it to God's purpose. And then she became an intercessor that was birthing the coming of the Savior. The same thing happened also to to Simon. But my wife used to have this, to give this analogy. Because God promised Simon that he would not see death until he has seen what? You know, if Simon was in the Titanic, is it that the Titanic would not sink or Simon would not have died? Am I making sense? If, if, if Simon was in a plane, you know that plane, there is no option. If he like, let all the engines do bow, the plane will land because Simon cannot He had unplugged. He had unplugged. And he had plugged into something that brought a covenant of preservation for him. Are you hearing me this morning? Say unplug. Unplug. Unplug into God. Let's stand to our feet this morning and trust God to make that shift. That our heart will make that leap. That leap of faith. That leap of faith. Our heart will make that leap of faith. To unplug. To unplug, to not run our lives by the human clock anymore. But that divine purpose, divine purpose will what would be our pursuit. Divine purpose, divine purpose. We will not look at time from human perspective anymore, but we will look at time from God's perspective. We will not look at our lives, the season of our lives, and judge based on human understanding anymore, but rather we will judge based on divine understanding. Hannah was in burial. God has only set a clock for her. Sarah was not meant to die barren. God has set a clock for her. 
even at the time when humanly possible, it was humanly impossible for her to have children. But she had to unplug from the human life. She had to plug into God. This morning, ask God for grace to plug into God. Say, Father, I, I, I stop. This morning, I received grace to stop evaluating my life and myself by human understanding, by the human standards of vanity. I, I choose you, rather, Lord. I choose, I choose your judgment. I choose your way. I choose your will. I choose your evaluation. I choose your evaluation. My life is not in a mess. No, I have peace in you. In the name of Jesus. For the way, for the way of the Lord is the way of wisdom. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the will of my God. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the prayer. I hope you are making that commitment to God this morning. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose commandment of my God. I choose the way of the Lord. I choose the beatings of my God. I choose the way of the Lord. For the way of the Lord is the way of we. We choose the fear of the Lord this morning. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. We choose the fear of the Lord. We choose the fear of the Lord. We choose the fear. We choose the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate all evil. We choose the fear of the Lord. Can we choose the word of the Lord this morning? We choose the word of the Lord. We choose the word of the Lord. For the word of the Lord shall endure forever. For the word, word of the Lord shall endure forever. We choose the words of the Lord. We choose the wisdom of the Lord. We choose the wisdom of the Lord. Choose the wisdom of the Lord. We choose the wisdom of the Lord. For the wisdom of the Lord will deliver us from the world. All the Lord will deliver us from the world. 